It's Friday, June 19th. You are listening to Bree Patton, Cowboys Chat on Anchor FM. Well, Bree, so we actually have stuff to talk about this week, which is kind of funny. <laughs> I know. Finally, a break from the mundane. Congratulations. We get to jump into Jamal Adams' talk once again. <laughs> Earl Thomas 2.0. Here we go. <laughs> once Here again. Coming up again. Go. So I guess you're like me and you don't buy it one bit? No, I do not. I don't either. I do not. Well, I mean, the first time this happened, you know, a few weeks ago, it was like I finally felt like we had we had put it to rest, you know, because it was like, okay, this, this narrative is out there. The Cowboys are not interested. You know, at that point, it was like the Jets had every intention of not trading him, of signing him to a long-term deal. I mean, it obviously wasn't happening at the pace he wanted it to happen. But, you know, but I still feel, you know, it's like, I mean, the Cowboys, they're in the middle of trying to get, trying to pay Dak, getting him a top-of-the-market deal. And I just don't see them signing Adams. I mean, I think he would be too pricey for the team underneath the salary cap. Mm. I mean, no doubt he is an incredibly talented, incredibly talented Pro Bowl safety. I mean, he can play nickel corner. He can play strong safety, free safety. I mean, he's all over the field in coverage. I mean, he's he's a phenomenal player in the backfield. But I just I I don't see it happening. Let me let me ask you this: Did something change since the offseason began, where Stephen Jones is no longer here? I. He's here, so it's not happening. Yeah. That's the thing. Right. Stephen Jones will yeah, not allow this to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nothing's changed. And I know people want to get excited about it. And, you know, it's it's fun on Twitter. And it's like, oh, Jamal Adams and this. And it's like, guys, nothing's changed. Like, Right. And, yes, he put out there, you know, today that he'd welcome a trade. You know, the Cowboys were one of the seven teams. You know, he put out Chiefs, Cowboys, Ravens, Eagles, 49ers, Seahawks, Texans. And so people are like, oh, my gosh, you know, put out Cowboys. But it's like this guy has said that for years, you know. I mean, he grew up a Cowboys fan. Like, that that has been out there. That's nothing new. Mm-hmm. But, of course, anytime anything happens with this guy, again, it's like Earl Thomas. People just want him so bad in Dallas that they just – all create this narrative and want him to be here. And yeah, it's like, I'm just, Oh, I'm sick of seeing it. Honestly. (laughs) Like, do I think Jamal Adams would make this team better? Yes, I do. Would I like to see Jamal Adams wearing a star? Yes. I just don't see it. Right. I don't see any way that this happens. And, you know, you're talking about, a team that's trying to get, you know, a market deal done for Dak Prescott, and now you want to add in Jamal Adams to that? Right. After you just gave a running back a big contract? You just exactly. gave Amari a big contract? Big contract? It's, I mean, and I'm not yeah, saying it's like they, they can't. They can't break the bank for this guy. And what they'd have to give up to get him? I mean, yeah, it's like it – it's it's not happening. Yeah, I don't I don't think given what they'd have to give up, I don't I don't see it, and I don't want to sound like I don't want the guy. I just I don't I just I don't see it. It's like I, I to me I feel like it's 
a waste of breath to even try to get excited about the potential of adding him to the backfield, defensive backfield. And it's like, yeah, I mean, he'd be great and all. I just, I just don't like, and, and I, right. think, I think a lot of times, and, and I, I think this was especially true of Earl Thomas. I think he used the Cowboys to get a better deal. No, so, I, th- I think that's entirely true. So do I think that he's using the Cowboys to get a better deal? No, but maybe his agent is. Right. You know, to get a deal done, they're like, oh, well, we better do something. Otherwise, the Cowboys are going to get them, whether or not the Cowboys are in play. I mean, cause Right, but they're going to probably say that they're interested. Right, and, you know, it's, it's funny because – uh, even several weeks ago, when when this got brought up again, you know, Jane Slater, NFL Network, was like, Cowboys aren't even interested. Exactly. And that's what I kept hearing from inside was that, yes, the Cowboys are not interested in this. They are not part of this discussion. So if you had to make a, make a choice, sign Dak Prescott or trade for Jamal Adams? Oh, sign Dak Prescott. Uh, did you see what Jeff Cavanaugh put out there? I did not. Oh, to be man. honest, ever since this has happened, I've tried to stay off Twitter. Because so, I know it's just going to be that rampage. And I just, I don't want to see it. This is, this is funny. So, on Thursday night, Jeff Cavanaugh right. tweeted out, because stirring the pot is kind of fun. In 2021, would you rather have for cap purposes Dak Prescott or Jameis Winston plus Jamal Adams? And so to continue stirring the pot, I responded. And I said, who would you choose and why is it Jameis plus Jamal? Well, I know that's what I was just thinking. Like, why why is it that specific duo? Like, why was that the guy that he just threw in with Jamal? I think he's on a one-year deal, and he's potentially going to cost you less. So, I mean, I understand it. I just thought it was – I thought it was a little bit funny, but I thought you'd enjoy it uh, considering <laughs> you don't get on Twitter to read these things. <laughs> no. But, no, I mean, for me, when you just look at what Dak has done – over the past four seasons and just how, how he's improved the leader that he is on and off the field. He is the franchise quarterback and I think he deserves to be paid and I think he will get paid. It's just a matter of when, and I think it'll probably be closer to the deadline, you know, as, as July 15th rolls around because, you know, the Cowboys love to have the, you know, deadlines make deals, but I, I think he's for sure going to be paid, and he, he deserves it. Yeah, so here, here you go. Uh, Ian Rappaport tweeted out, this was last night, another twist in the Jamal Adams saga. The team has said he's in their plans and wants to do an extension, and yet he's requested a trade. Uh, Jane Slater responded, and doing my due diligence here, Cowboy fans, uh, a team source tells me nothing from us yet when I asked if there was interest on their front. From hashtag Earl Watch to hashtag Jamal Watch. <laughs> Seriously. So, 
yeah, so Jane Slater said last night, nothing from the Cowboys as of yet. But, again, we know everybody's going to try to spin it into a Cowboy story. Oh, yeah. Continuously. So let's talk a little bit about the upcoming season, with or without Jamal Adams. Uh, It's sounding more and more like there could be less preseason games. Right. Most specifically. Yeah, as more cases come up. Right, and and specifically referring to the the Hall of Fame game for sure. Mm-hmm. Does that actually put Dallas at a disadvantage by not getting that extra preseason game? No, I think I think it definitely does, and I mean we've we've talked about it briefly, you know, with each other. But I mean, it's like obviously the Cowboys have this season a brand new coaching staff. But not only that, they also have a lot of guys they drafted that are rookies that are potentially going to be starters. You know, you've got Trayvon Diggs, you've got CeeDee Lamb. And obviously this team hasn't been able to all come together and see, you know, if what the players are learning through, you know, their virtual film study sessions with one another, if that's if that's translating onto the field. You know, they're not able to have those reps. They're not able to work with positional coaches. They're not able – to have that practice together as a group. And I think, you know, obviously as it moves forward, especially if, you know, like they're saying the preseason schedule could be delayed with all these cases coming up. And it's like, you know, the further everything gets pushed back, it's looking like, you know, the less and less amount of time teams are going to have together prior to preseason. So I think obviously that Hall of Fame game against the Steelers would have been really good for the Cowboys to have, obviously, because, with the brand new coaching staff, the Cowboys were supposed to be allotted an extra week of minicamp as well. That's another thing they didn't get coming in, you know? So yes, the Cowboys are at a big disadvantage. And so I think that game, you know, would be nice, but the way it's looking, I mean, there certainly won't be fans, you know, in Ohio able to watch the, you know, the governor said um, most likely won't be without fans, but now it's kind of looking that, yeah, will will the game even happen at this point? Yeah. And if you listened at all to, uh, what's been going on, uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci has come out and said that he didn't think football is going to happen at all this year. And, you know, so- yeah, well, I mean, yeah, there's, there's still question marks. It's like the, you know, the rate things are going, I mean, cases of, you know, with, with protests and then players getting together, you know, I mean, cases are skyrocketing places. So it's kind of like, you know, it just, yeah, as things progress and as we get closer, what is it going to look like? Yeah, no, I, I get because, you know, they are in such close quarters and you know, the locker room at practices and getting together for game, you know, I mean you've gotta you've gotta put all of that into consideration. Right. Uh, but the actually it, what was interesting was the NFL uh, actually said something in regards to uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci's comments and you know, Dr. Aaron Seals, I don't know if you know him, he's on the NFL's chief medical officer. Oh, okay. Uh, mm-hmm. um, he said, you know, Make no mistake, there's no easy task. Uh, we will make adjustments as necessary to meet the public health environment as we prepare to play the 2020 season as scheduled and in, with increased protocols, safety measures for all players, personnel, attendees. We will be flexible and adaptable in this environment. So the NFL is kind of like, yeah, we get what he's saying, but we're, you know, we're full speed ahead. Right. And, well, and they've, they've done that gradually, you know, that, yeah. that's exactly what they have done, you know, I mean, moving in, you know, first having, 
you know, some employees there, basically mostly the medical staff and just, you know, players undergoing treatment. Now they've kind of pushed it forward. You've got coaches, the coaching staff able to be in facilities and then yep. eventually, you know, it'll be players. So, I mean, yeah, they're, they're gradually trying to get back to normalcy. So if you, and before we move on to our next topic that we're going to discuss today, um, if you remove the rookies, okay, let's take them out. Which player or players do you think are at a bigger disadvantage by not having that extra preseason time? Like for me, I think Tristan Hill. You know, yes. he, he was a major disappointment last season. Um, you know, a lot of people, including myself, when he was drafted, weren't, weren't happy. And I, I very much was not happy with that selection. Um, and then seeing him throughout the season only justified my opinion. So when you look at a player like him, is there anybody else that you can think of that needs it more than he does? No, I think that's a great point. The only other thing I would probably say is those those competition spots, you know, that people are looking for, like who, like center, you know, to replace Travis Frederick. You know, is it going to be, you know, is it going to be the new rookie they got? Is it going to be Connor McGovern? Is it going to be, you know, Joe Looney? Like, you know, all these different things. But obviously, Tyler those Beattish. players aren't right. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. The guy we drafted. So it's kind of like you're looking at you know, they're, they're wanting to get out there and get those reps and compete against one another for that spot. But obviously the, the coaches haven't been able to see that yet. You know, I mean, so basically as of now, they're just kind of going off, you know, what, as they're going through film and as they're diagnosing, you know, the offense and defense and reading like, okay, coach, this is what I'm would be doing in this instance or in this situation, you know, but yeah, they don't actually get to see, you know, the, the hand placement, you know, the footwork, they don't get to see all of that right now, the calling plays and everything that encompasses, you know, being playing that role in the offensive line. So I, you know, things like that, I think too, that, that are going to be hurting as well. Yeah. And let's, you know, talk about that a little bit. Um, Maybe that, you know, benefits a player like Joe Looney, right? So he doesn't have to worry about that competition level because he has a full season on tape that they can go off of. Uh, Connor Williams, does he get the edge over a Connor McGovern? Because they don't really know what they have in Connor McGovern because he hasn't played. Right. Um, whereas, you know, Williams played in this offense at left guard. Does that benefit him? So, you know, there's there's a lot to it, but I think having not having that extra preseason time and not having that time in camp, depending on when they officially do kick it off, I think that that does hurt several players like a Connor McGovern. I think it hurts mm-hmm. Tristan Hill. I think it hurts, you know, a Tyler Beatich. I mean, I didn't want to mm-hmm. include the rookies in it, but, you know, that's a big competition that really needs to get shored up if they want this offense to flow this season. Exactly. So on no. the topic of COVID-19, <laughs> we had a certain running back mm-hmm. who tested positive. And he was upset. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes. He was Very upset. Much so. uh, first tweet I saw was HIPAA question mark. Yeah. And then did not like his agent confirming that he had COVID. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I if I'm that agent. I'm 
I'm hiding, I'm ducking, you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, trying to stay out of that backlash, exactly. Yeah, trying to stay out of the backlash completely, absolutely. Yeah, you know, it, a lot of people made a big deal about it, like, oh, well, you shouldn't have been out partying with Dak, and I'm like, you know, that was like two months ago, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. yikes. Uh, so it's, it's just interesting because, you know, I, I don't know if it's what it is, but it seems like Zeke has been a target of many people over the years. And I, and I don't think it's anything that Zeke's done, but I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that they gave him that contract. Right. No, I would completely agree. He's under constant scrutiny. It, it definitely as much as Dak is constantly. I mean, he's always, I feel like been kind of thrown under the bus with things over the years. I th- well, I think some of it, is deserved. Don't get me wrong. Like some of his off the field behavior, you know, not, not that it's like hurting the team or anything. It's just one of those things where you look at it and like, come on, dude, really? Right. But I think part of that though, is it's, it's blown, it's blown out of proportion and people are so quick to judge him. And I understand that like he, he is held to a higher standard as a pro athlete, but it's like, I mean, he has all this money. He's the age that he is, what, 20, 24, 25? I mean, he's right. He's, he's a young guy. And it's like, you know, all these people are like judging him and giving him all this flack for things that have happened. And it's like, you know, really, if you, if, if you were in his shoes, you know, would, what would you be doing? You know, how would you be spending your evenings? How would you be spending, spending your time off? You know, when people are so quick to judge these guys and it's like, you know, they're just, they're just people, you know, they, they go out and want to have a good time. And, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying obviously the things he's been involved in are right because they weren't. Um, and obviously we're not smart decisions, but at the same time, it's like, I, I don't think people should judge them as much as they do. Yeah. Because, it, you know, I mean, they're, they're just like me and you. I mean, they have the same struggles that everybody else does. And people, I think just need to calm down a little bit. You know, it's funny. It's like, uh, you know, when the holding athletes to a higher standard and whatnot, and uh, it's like my buddy always tells me all the time. He goes, hey, man, these guys put on their pants one leg at a time like everybody else. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's like. I love that. That is hilarious. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, you're right, though. You're right. Uh, it's a little blown out of proportion. But as far as the Zeke COVID thing, we knew it was going to happen. I mean. Oh, yeah. You knew one way or another that was going to be leaked whether it was the agent, you know, the agent told somebody else and they leaked it or the agent leaked it himself. You know, I mean, it was like, yeah, that was bound to get out. When when the story broke originally, the first story that uh, that a Cowboys player had tested positive, I mean, I, I was seeing tweets like people were like, I wonder who Adam is going to get to violate HIPAA. You know, talking <laughs> about Adam Schefter. And, right. You know, so when that happened, it was like, oh, Maybe Adam did get to somebody, you know, so uh, they confirm the story. It comes out. Uh, we all knew it was going to happen. Now it's just a matter of trying to contain it, self-quarantine, um, and then hopefully get football going. Uh, so let me ask you, do you think, as we're less than a month now from the July 15th deadline, you know what I'm talking about, Dak Prescott, mm-hmm. is when his contract has to be done or – or they can no longer negotiate with him once that deadline is hit. 
do you think a deal gets done before then? Um, you know, what, what's your head saying and what, you know, kind of what's your gut feeling on it? My, I would say my gut is that a deal, a deal does get done. I know that obviously the longer this has been drawn out, which is, I mean, this is very, this does not happen. You know, this is kind of very uncharacteristic. I mean, you don't see a deal for a franchise quarterback going on for this long with him not getting his money and all these people getting paid before him. I mean, this doesn't happen. So I, I, I get that the longer this thing is drawn out, it just raises more and more questions, you know, as to, to why it's not getting done. Is it that, you know, the front office isn't completely sold on him? You know, is it, is it more of the side of, you know, Dak's agent? Is it, you know, is it the dollar amount? Is it years? Is it, you know, is the, as that new CBA goes up with, you know, the TV contracts going up and, you know, in a couple of years, like, you know, just the money underneath the salary cap going way up and, you know, contracts potentially doubling. But I think obviously he has earned the right to be the quarterback of the Cowboys. And I think that, in that locker room, you see that day in and day out, just the way he conducts himself. I mean, that team, they love him. And he earned that. I mean, ever since his rookie season, when he led them to 13-3, and three, those guys rallied around him. I mean, he is an incredible leader. He has improved leaps and bounds on the field as well, just, you know, getting the ball off quicker, reading reading zone coverages, you know, reading man-to-man, like finding those soft spots. Like, he's – he has improved so much. And so I think that a deal will get done. And honestly, I, I hope it does for him. And I think he does, he's going to deserve whatever, you know, I hope he gets, I hope he gets a large amount of money and I think he deserves it. Uh, Gut says the same thing that my head says, and I don't think it gets done. And I think part of the reason why is because of, the time that's gone on it doesn't feel like we're getting anywhere um right no i i do i do so i'm kind of i don't know i guess it's a little bit of i feel like it's one of those seasons where he's going to be franchised and then next off season we're going to play this whole game all over again oh my gosh oh i hope not i I hope not either but you know it's just kind of how i feel and you know it's kind of interesting because if and i know we're we're not a baseball podcast, but if you pay any attention right now to what's going on in the MLB uh, and the Players Association, it's constant back and forth. That's kind of how I feel with the Dak versus Cowboys thing. It's like you think something's going to happen and then nothing happens. Right. And and so that's kind of where I'm at right now. I think it goes through um, and we do the franchise again. But here's the deal, I think, and it's something that Charles Robinson said recently. If – he gets if he doesn't get a deal done this year, he doesn't think one ever gets done. He thinks that they'll ride out the franchise tag this year, do it again next year, and then figure out what they're going to do at the quarterback position. No, I would say the same thing. I mean, if they're not willing to get it done now and to lock him up, then no, I don't think it does get done at all. Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of where I'm at uh, as well, just uh, based on you know conversations um, and listening to, you know, some of the people and, and what all the they've talked about as far as when it comes to the DAC discussions, if, if he gets to next season, still not on a deal, 
it, it doesn't get done, and that'd be unfortunate because I feel like that'd be a waste of two seasons where you probably could have addressed your franchise quarterback situation had you not uh, played this game. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that, that's where I'm at. That's kind of where you're at too. Uh, you know, coming up next week, we're gonna do. We're gonna go back and and uh, talk about some games that we like, some moments, favorite moments. Uh, I know we've talked recently about our favorite moments. We're gonna talk about some actual games uh, that we absolutely love to watch. You know, not just one moment in a game. Just uh, I got a feeling the Cowboys versus Pittsburgh in 2016 is gonna be on one of our lists. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe Cowboys, <laughs> maybe Cowboys Broncos from 2013. I know it was a loss, <laughs> but you know that was a very highly entertaining game. Oh um, yeah, you know I love scores, scoring so. 51 to 48. That's not bad. I like lots of points. <laughs> uh, that's going to do it for this edition of Bree, Pat, and the Cowboys chat. Make sure you follow Bree. Check out her work at d210.tv. Follow her at D-I-X Brianna, B-R-I-A-N-N-A. She does fantastic work with all that she does while she's up there at the star. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Pat Sports Guy, and we will see you next week. <laughs>